and welcome to another episode of Creatives Chat. Hi, I'm Rusty. I'm Peter. And Peter, I know you have a superstar lined up for our show today. Oh, Rusty, I'm excited. We have a Seattle local legend, Mr. C-Town Funk himself, Kid Sensation, a.k.a. Cola. Well, I'll be in the back monitoring the show, and I'll pop up if I got any questions. In the meantime, let's get Kid Sensation in our show. I love it, man. I love it. And I think, you know, honestly, man, that once we begin to slow down, man, and really dive a little bit deeper, like you said, yeah, man, there's diversity and beauty amongst us, but then we really start to find out as we peel back some of these layers that we're not that much different. The skin makes us different, different color and whatever the case is, our look, our features and stuff like that. But in all honesty, man, we all just have a dream. We all have goals. We all have fears. We all have, you know, our own personal complexes. We all have things we're confident and excited about. We all have different things that are going on in our lives. But when you really peel back the layers, man, we all want to be, you know, we all want to love. We all want to be loved. We want to matter. We want to to others to matter to us. We want to just, we all want joy. We all want peace. You know, when I say all, I say any of your normal, you know what I mean, kind of quote unquote thinking folks. And, and we're all different degrees of crazy, right? But, you know, uh, you know, um, um, if you don't have, let's say, like real actual mental issues and those things, which are, which is a huge issue in our world and a huge issue in our country, when you take just the average person, I wouldn't even say normal because there really is no such thing as normal. I'll just say the, the, the average yeah. person, the sum of all of our parts, and you take the average. I say that we all kind of have the same thing. We just have, yeah. we have goals and we want to, we want to we live fulfilled lives and we want to love and we want to matter and, you know, these kind of have some significance and relevance and we all, we want to have a legacy. And so, you know, when we peel those layers mm. back, we're more alike than we are different. You know, the skin is different and maybe the features are different, but we, we're a lot more alike than we really, uh, than we really recognize well, I think that's one of the funniest things is because everyone always says, oh, those types of things are cliche. It's like, no, like in truth, there's so much more overlap and bridges that unite us than truly divide us. And I think that's always been the scary thing I've seen with how our modern society absorbs the media and how addicted we are to technologies because that's become an outlet to really push division rather than for people to utilize it as that tool to have that self-exploration. Like what you were saying, like right in lines, looking things up, doing research. I can't tell you how many times I've seen and like, and this goes from like collegiate experiences to like working with kids to even just work coworkers in the scientific field. Like how many times I've heard them be like, oh, I wonder what that is. And then just carry on with their day. And it's like, whoa, 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 stop, go look it up. Like, it's not like you don't have infinite technology and information at your fingertips. Like, what are you doing here? And it's that, it's that self-search. And really I find it almost as a self-acceptance. I feel like there's still a lot of people that you touched, we touched on it like way early in the conversation, but like the kind of clout chasing, like trying to be like, oh, I want to be like you. It's that, that state of envy. And it's when you worship and value another more than yourself, you're overlooking every good quality of who you are as a being. And not only is like who you were intended to be and who you were crafted to be. And that's like, it's heartbreaking with how many people have been, you know, committing suicide and just going that route of overdosing and things like that with addiction throughout this lockdown, because we're all having this opportunity to really suffer together and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, man, that's so deep what you're saying, bro. And I mean, and and I'm not even trying to, to like even plug it, but I'm just saying when I'm go back to, to like feeling myself and the mission and the, the mission of what that video and song was about. Like when you look at it, there wasn't like a bunch of pretentious models and people looking on whatever, right? Everybody was in their pajamas. We were in quarantine. People were like, you know, just being themselves. You see a lady swinging her baby around and rapping. I mean, right? It was just like, you know, know, strip off all these layers and all this pretentiousness and all that stuff and peel it back, man. and, And let's be authentic and let's be real. And maybe it doesn't, fit you know the 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 demographic of what people think that videos coming from me should look like maybe they think it should be hot cars and models and whatever the case is but it was like i wanted to strip back man and get some authenticity we're going through covid we're going through a whole bunch of civil unrest we're going people are you know home and we're frustrated and we're you know and we're we're wondering what's going to happen and we're in a crazy kind of state and we just need some uplifting and some you know some 
something kind of cool, something kind of fun. So it was like, man, you know, people were like, well, you know, what do I need to wear for the clip that I see? Because I, you know, I said this thing. I said, hey, man, you guys, everybody send me clips and we're going to put together a video, COVID style, whatever the case. And I told everybody on purpose, I said, man, I don't care if you're in your pajamas, if you're in your, from your bed, I don't care what you're doing. You feel yourself just the way you want to love yourself, express yourself just the way you want. And, and that's what I ended up kind of uh, uh, getting. And, and, and man, I think that, the more that we understand that we don't have to, you know, like put on these masks or live up to, you know, live up to a certain expectation that, you know, society puts all these false narratives into our ears and makes us think that we have to measure up or act like, or be shaped like, or whatever the case is. And that's what I thought was dope about what you said, man. People will literally take their own lives. People will give up their dreams. People will, you know, go to extreme lengths because they feel like they don't measure up to what they are being told they are supposed to be, man. And it's yeah. like, you know, yo, I think this whole COVID and quarantine thing gave us all time to hit a bit of a reset button and be like, man, let me do a little bit of self-exploration, man, of what's important. Let me do a little inventory of my life by checking the boxes of the things that align me with where the universe is supposed to be taking me. Right. But again, it's, it's that, I guess you could say it's that concept when we get so involved and invested in another person's story, we miss those neon signs that, you know, life, God, universe has always been really just putting in our face, like, go this way, go this way. And when you said earlier, it's like you touched on the vapors and it just inspired me to, you know, coming back to um, a line that I heard you say in one of your talks, but it's, you know, what is life, you know, but a vapor that just kind of, comes and goes and that to me is just you know the temporary aspect of our nature the mortality aspect of our human experience you know yeah. it taps into such a deeper truth to who we are as you know spiritual beings because i consider us you know we're spiritual beings having a human experience you know i know That's... that and when you experience that and when you understand that and see it in the world operating it gives you such a different strength and power i feel than when you get caught up in the rat race Facts, facts. And, you know, one thing I, I always do say about life is that it's brief, it's fast. And yes, it is just like a vapor. It just comes and it goes. And you ask anybody that's in their 50s or 60s or 70s or whatever, you know, do the years slip by real quick? You know, to, to the young ones, man, it feels like you've been waiting forever when you've been waiting for 10 minutes. But shoot, right. you ask the OGs and they're like, man, them years get to just slip it by before you know it. You look back and, you know, and 50 of them have gone by. So, my point being in, in, in all that is that life is quick, it's short, man, and, and it goes by in a blink. But on the same token, it's very important, it's very significant. And I, I tell young people this all the time. I was speaking, my wife works in the juvenile detention center. She's a juvenile detention officer. Oh, so wow. she sees a lot of really heavy things and kids that are in some, you know, at kind of sometimes in their worst moments or whatever. Yeah. And so I've gone there and I've spoken to the kids and done all that. And, you know, and, um, and I, and, and I'm sitting down and I'm talking to the kids and I said, you know, we talk about their lives and everything. And I said, you know, I want to tell you guys something about yourselves. Not everybody gets the start. Not every hero started out a hero when they were young and whatever the case is, you know, not everybody has the same start. Not everybody starts the race from the same place. You know, this it's not all evenly lined up and we get to start from the same line and run the same race. And, you know, there's obstacles and, and hurdles in some people's lanes and some people got a free shot. But the bottom line is, is, is that is this, I told, I tell young people this all the time. I say, man, if, you do not find a way to recognize, realize, and achieve your potential. Mm. The world is robbed of your gift. You are literally robbing the world of your gift. And I explained to them like this. You think that you're just one of the kids out here and you're just one of whatever. Let me explain to you why that is completely 100% false. I said, because hold, I said, hold, your, hold your hand up, right? And I have them hold a hand up. And I say, on the, what, what, are, what are these things you feel right here on your, fi on your fingers, right? What are those little grooves you feel? Those are called fingerprints, right? I said, did you know that none of you guys have the same fingerprint as me or each other? And even if you got a twin brother, you don't have the same fingerprint as him. Your fingerprint is unique. It is created completely different. There is only mm. one of you in history 
not just out of the 7 billion people that are on the planet now, but there's only been one of you in history. And when you were created, the mold was broken and there will never be another one like you. I said, every single one of you guys are sitting right there. You might think I'm in this position or whatever. I said, but let me tell you something. There's something that you can do. And I'm pointing at this one kid and I'm talking. I said, there's something that you can do that I can't touch. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know. I can't understand your giftedness at doing it. You know, there's something that you do that no one can do just like you. And if you let all this little distraction of little stupid stuff that you're getting into or whatever the case is, the stupid stuff that I get into, if I let that stuff distract me, if we let it distract us, we're going to rob the world of a gift that we were meant to give it. And they're just sitting there, you know, like, whoa, man, you know, and I'm like, but you really don't understand. Yeah, this is a mind blowing thing when you sit back and really look at the fact that there's things that you can do, bro. There's things that Rusty can do that I cannot touch, that I can never do. I can never do them as well as you. I can't do them the same as you. And if you don't do it, Peter, man, the world is going to be robbed of the gift that you have to give it, man. So there's something, there's projects in your mind. There's create, creative things. I already know you're creative. I can just tell you that already, <laughs> that there are things that are on the back burner in your mind that you know that you want to bring out. And maybe they've been, you've been procrastinating or maybe they've been whatever the case is. But you know something, though? If you don't get your stuff rolling, man, and, and put and put those projects together and bring them yeah. to the world, man, and serve me and serve the rest of the world with those gifts, bro, we're going to be robbed. That It goes to the grave with you if you don't give it to the rest of the world. We can't have it. That's selfish. It, That's selfish. We can't. We, I can't allow it, man. I need your gift. I need Rusty's gift. I need the gift of every person. All your listeners, man, it's the same thing. Every person Thanks. has a gift that no one can do quite like mm. them and no one can add to the world. And if they don't realize it, we lose it. Yo, like what if they teach that in kindergarten, that concept yes. right there, just how yes. much the world can just change. And I think that's been one of the most terrifying things. And I'm going to be real when I use that word specifically, it's been terrifying to see how education, especially in public, I guess you'd say more so public education has changed from nurturing the individuality to yeah. creating that clog in the machine and disconnecting those creative expressions. Because again, it's like not every kid's meant to sit there and study math and focus on math, but they have no artistic expression. They have no yeah. engineering type of expression. They don't have those athletic yeah. like expressions. And yeah. it was really funny because it even came with like um, a conversation with one of my clients earlier that we were talking about, you know, I was teaching them something about, you know, I, the body is a system of levers and pulleys, you know, so in terms of muscle imbalances and things like that, you got to think like your arm goes out because it's letting things kick out. It's pulling back in from the bicep, tricep takes it out and you mm -hmm. think of it like a little toy and mm -hmm. just those types of basic concepts and like the cause and effect of when you have an injury and compensation and how you rebuild strength and, you know, you get muscle memory back that is like properly aligned with your body. Yeah. It was just one of those things where it's just like in that conversation. And, you know, it was just a really profound thing where it's like, wow, I wish I knew this a lot earlier. And I was like, and ultimately that's what we should be teaching in physical education. PE should be, you know, your ergonomics, like how the body moves, little kinesiology, nutrition. We should be teaching kids how to cook, how to, how to balance a checkbook. You know what I mean? Like what that's you're talking about right now is like, those are the types of things that really resonate with people and can really help us tap into our skills and gifts. But like, we don't know unless we get the opportunity to experience it. Right. Bro, you are <laughs> talking right now. I had the same conversation, right. With my, uh, with my son's counselor, he's in ninth grade now. And um, we I had it with, with his eighth grade counselor and we were, and I was even talking, the principal was listening to me and she was like, wow, we need you. And you know, they had me even come and speak at the school one time, but it's like, which one is, like, you took algebra, I assume, in high school or in middle school or whenever you took algebra and trigonometry and geometry and all these kind of things. And they, what they're doing is they teach us in a box, right? They're like, you're going to learn all these things and you're going to check all the boxes before you graduate, the prerequisites, and you're going to get them all. You're going to take algebra, whether you're going to use it or not, whether you're, that's going to be part of your career or not, you, oh, you're going to take algebra. We're going to make you take, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, I haven't used one bit of my algebra <laughs> since I left, you know, high school 
And I was pretty good at math, so I didn't really necessarily mind it as much. And I ended up taking calculus in, in my senior year in high school, you know, and I was thinking I was going to go to school and do engineering and all that. But that's a whole other story. But my point being is that, like you said, man, life skills. Well, how do you how do you how do you take out a loan? How do you fill out a job application? What are interest points? You know, what is an origination fee when I when I'm taking out a mortgage? You know, what is, you know, like you said, how do I balance a, a checkbook? And I know we don't write checks no more, but, you know, <laughs> kids don't even know, they don't even know how to balance their, their bank accounts, right? They just, well, I'm out of money. I don't know what happened. I put my check in there. And it's just, I mean, simple, you know, and it's like simple addition and subtraction. I said, if anything, what they ought to, mm-hmm. I, told, I told them, I said, if anything, you guys ought to, ought to, you shouldn't be teaching me what 2X squared is. You should be teaching me over and over how to do 20% of, $35 out of my head. You ought, I ought to be able to do, you know, 50 and, you know, or 75 and 28. I'd be able to do that in my head. 13 times 11. I'd be able to do that in my head. You should drill math skills over and over and over. Just basic math, addition, subtraction, yeah. percentages, and those things. Just drill it over and over and over again and have them take that same math over and over and over again. Because you got people that have taken algebra that don't know it, not only don't know any algebra, but then they get to the counter and literally can't count out their change. And you're like, come on, man. Drill those basic skills in, you know, the, where if a person can't, you know, say, well, yeah, you know, you're going to get 20% and the, and the uh, amount that's due is, you know, $180. They can't even co- do that simple computation in their head because you're so busy trying to push them to a level of algebra that they're never going to use, never going yeah. to use that you're not even like taking care of just the basics, man. And so it's frustrating because like you said, they're, that, that on one hand, they're forcing everybody to check all of these boxes in order to graduate rather than you know, teaching things that are going to be applicable to real life every day that they're going to use cooking skills, like you said. Yeah. You know, um, like, like we talked about, teaching kids their individuality, teaching them creativity, and then saying, okay, what is it that, what are some of the things that are interest, that you're interested in? What, okay, well, why don't we expand the, the, the prerequisites and say, okay, well, if you're going into the arts, these are the things we think will add value and make you well-rounded in the arts. These are the right. things that'll make you well-rounded and, and if you're going to be an engineer, or whatever the case is. And of course, yeah, they yeah. get a sprinkle of arts. They get a sprinkle of, you know, these kind of things because we want, we don't want to say because you're going to be an engineer, you don't get any physical education or whatever. So anyway, man, I, I got a lot of problems with a lot of the way that that's rolling. And one thing, uh, I'm a, this, then I'm getting off my soapbox, but man, <laughs> my wife showed me, we looked this up because I thought, I said, she doesn't know what she's telling me the truth about this. Do you know that they have passed it where they're teaching sex education yeah. to kindergartners? Yeah. It's absolutely I'm terrifying. Like, now, I, I'm not going to even cross, I'm not going to get into, but, you know, they're going to teach, you know, heterosexual, homosexual, all the different, you know, um, versions of, you know, of sexual and gender identity and all that different yeah. thing. And they're going to cluster it all up and, and unload this to as young as kindergartners all the way up through, through school to make that. And it's like, I think that we as a society have to step back and we have to look and we have to say, man, what are we really doing? What yeah. are we really doing? Um, and then you've got facts. You're handing a knife or some car keys or a smartphone to a, to a, a five-year-old. And, you know, um, my thing is, 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 is this. There are definitely responsibilities that, that as a parent, I am going to teach at home and I'm going yeah. to be responsible for. And no, if, I, if they're like, yeah, your son has to take sexual, sexual education in high school, and say, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's not going to take that. And so you can offer us something that is a substitute for that. Or, but that's my choice as a parent. I'm not saying every parent needs to keep their kids. Oh, I listen to everybody. Yeah. I ain't telling everybody what decision you got to make for yours. But for mine, I'm going to teach what I am choosing to teach it and, and teach it in the way in which that I'm going to choose it. Yeah. Because you could possibly, if a child, if the t- depending on the skills of your teacher, the comfort level of your teacher and how he delivers whatever agenda that you're delivering, you could send my child home more confused than he was when he entered, you know, the situation. Right. Mind blown. Right. Like that's the stuff that kills me. And so, you know, so my, my, my thing is, is man, I think that it goes right down to this. And that is, is that 
Um, I was missing a father when I grew up and I'm never gonna let my kids miss out on what it is that I had to their lives. And I'm not afraid mm. of taking the responsibility of adding the education and the values and the things that you know make them what I consider to be solid individuals, spiritual yeah. individuals, inquisitive, curious, amazing, polite, kind, loving, open to, you know, everyone's voice and everyone's, you know, these, I want to make just some solid, some solid people. And I think I've, I've done okay at that. And, you know, and that's, that's my responsibility, man, as a man, you know, to, 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 yeah. to, to be there and to play that position. And I don't want that to be taken over by, you know, the government to say, okay, well, we're going to create this agenda and this is how we're going to feed and teach. Your, your seeds. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> teach seeds. No, I love it. And it's, it's really fascinating too, because, you know, it's trying to teach like inclusivity under, oh, rather I could say it this way. It's in teaching inclusivity under the guise of, you know, preparing them with all this knowledge, but you're putting them in a box, even with those definitions, telling them that they have yeah. to be this, that you can only be this and that. And not only that, like you're giving it, like what you said earlier, you're giving a kid a loaded gun. You know, yeah. because it's these things that they're not even at that. Like, when's the first time, like, when you let a kid really develop that they actually really think about sex and they really right. think about doing all those things? Yeah, there's curiosities like, oh, your body looks different than mine. Oh, you have that? Oh, I don't have that. Like, right. those right. are the basic questions, but they're not sitting there wondering and understanding like the adult themes and concepts. And that's they're too young. Thing. Exactly. But that's the problem is like when you introduce yeah. that information too early, it messes them up. And like, this is a, just a fun story for the listeners. I don't have a photo of it or, you know, it would be in that B-roll footage. Um, so I have like my neighbor friends, our siblings were friends, but they had, it was like their brothers um, and one of their sisters, but they had little sisters. So I would hang out with them. And I remember one of them, you know, Rochelle, this is a shout out to you. Chelsea, this is a shout out to you if you listened. Uh, they had this game called Pretty Pretty Princess. And for me, you know, I crushed it. I won. I had the crown. I had all the rings and jewelry. And, you know, their parents thought it was so hilarious. You know, they took a photo. They're like, oh, this is great. And my parents were a little mortified when they saw it. Like, what are you doing in all this, like, female jewelry clothes? And I remember my mom asked me one time. And I was just like, she's like, so uh, why do you wear all the crown and the rings? And I was like, because I wanted to win. You had to get it to win. Because I'm an incredibly yeah. competitive person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you take that type of story nowadays and how that's getting forced agendas on someone's like sexual identity and things like that. And it's like, no, I love my wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's none of those things. But if I was a kid and someone was just like trying to force those types of identities and how this is how you should perceive yourself in the world, you know how much it's going to just completely tarnish the innocence of a child's play and curiosity and exploration. And that's like, to me, that's a form of murder. Because when you cut yeah. that, you cut that curiosity, you cut that development, and you put them on a forced path, you're not letting them be who they are. And it's and, and no, that's that's dope. That's dope. And you know, and, and taking that even a step further, man, it's like, you know, I think you can, like I said, when you start putting these things into the children's hands at these young, young ages and put these really, really complex issues in front of them and throw them in front of them you throw more confusion into them and you throw more chaos and you know because they're not old enough to even really kind of process it like uh, you know for example and and, and again this is cold i talking y'all i'm not telling everybody what you should do or whatever but Thanks. if i have a a four-year-old son and my son were to tell me you know hey dad i i i'm a girl i want to be a girl now i know a lot of people say oh they should you should be able to just identify with whatever gender you choose and, and whatever the case is and i'm not listen i'm doing that disclaimer peter i'm not telling anybody what works for them i'm saying for me exactly. i say this you know something son um you're a boy and you are, and but once you reach the age of 18, whatever you choose to do with your life, I will love you no matter who you are, no matter what you decide with your life, I will still love you. But the bottom line is if my three-year-old told me that he was a robot, I'm not going to go buy oil and, and lug nuts and stuff and say he's a robot and put him together. If he says he's a bunny rabbit, I'm not going to go buy stock up on carrots and say that, well, because he says he's a bunny rabbit, he's a bunny rabbit. If he says he's a Tonka truck, I am not going to put him in the closet with the rest of his toys. He is still a little boy, regardless of what his words may say. He may be confused. He may be having some, you know, some identity issues and whatever the case is. And those are things that 
um, that I look, I was going to say, hey, son, God gave me a boy and you've got the equipment to be a boy. You, you are who you are right now. Once you get to the age where you want to make that decision, then I will allow you to make the decision that you choose to make. And again, I said, that's the solution that is for yeah. me. Some people say differently. Some people say whatever. And I respect that. And that's the thing that I think it goes back to how do we love each other better is like I have gay friends, I have straight friends, I have friends that identify different sexually, I have friends that, you know, and I have friends that are black, I have friends that are white, I have friends that are Asian, I have friends that are tall, short, fat, skinny. The bottom line is that I just believe in loving a person for who they are, where they are, and not trying to feel like I need to come in and fix it. My job is just to love them. My job is not to fix. My job is not to try to tell somebody or psychoanalyze anybody my job is just to fix i'm sorry not to fix is to love period and how do i love you better is the daily yeah. question i'm looking to answer when i walk into a store and I, I see a clerk that's stressed out and she's dealing with whatever my job is even though i've got an issue and i got something i want to take back or i got something i got to deal with i can't come yeah. in there with this me me and everybody's thinking about me and we're such an individualistic society and not a collective society that we're always thinking about me what's in it for me how about me it's my turn how about this how about we start thinking a little bit outside of me and how about when i walk in and i see that clerk I look at her name tag and say, hello, Sarah, because it's not just clerk, right? Sarah might have a family and, a, and kids and this and that and the other. She's a human being. Treat her mm. like a human being. And stop walking in there thinking, well, look, it, I, I had this widget or this gadget that I need to take back. I want my money because me and me and me and forget her. There's not even a person on the other side of it. this. It's a, it, for right. as far as I'm concerned, it could be a robot, it could be whatever. But the bottom line is, I want what's for me. It's like, slow down for a minute. What's up, Sarah? How's your day been? Oh, you've been, yeah, look like you've been a little busy. I see this line. How are you? Oh, man. Listen, I want to tell you that I really appreciate you, Sarah, for taking the time out to do this for me. Man, I hope you have an amazing day or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, yes. a, a, a waitress that I'm dealing with and, you know, I, I, I tip heavily. I tip to the point where my wife is like, what are you doing? I, I tip, <laughs> right? You know, because... I just think about the fact that this person has a deal with people and well, my food, my fries wasn't warm. Well, you know, this and all right. this and all that. And, and man, we can be such an individualistic me first society that we don't slow down mm. and look for the fact that we're, there's another person on the other end of every interaction, every transaction, every sentence, every word, every phone call, every text, every post that we put on social media. Sometimes there's yeah. multiple people on the other end of, you know, you probably have thousands of followers and everyone. You put something out there, you have to be thinking there is someone on the other end of that that's going to receive it. And they I have to be mindful on how I put it out there and how I deliver right. it because am I loving those people on the other end? better mm. Mm. well i will just first off say how dare you have your own opinion sir how rude <laughs> but no i think that's one of the things where it's like just expressing yourself is so triggering nowadays because of that yeah. meanness that individualistic society that it's like no like you can't force your paradigms on other people you can't force how you do things on other people it's loving for who you are and i think the thing to touch back on is really just giving people the chance and space to grow and to, yeah. and to really discover who they are. And I don't think we, I just feel as a society, we don't really value that truth, that inner truth, that giving them the skills of, you know, being inquisitive to ask yourself the questions. Cause I mean, there's countless studies that show when you teach philosophy to kids, no matter the age, if you have younger children, like kindergartners, first graders, second graders, all the way up through the school and education system, having time with the elderly, you know, every aspect of school wow. in terms of grades skyrockets because it's wow. that ability to ask questions is that ability to, to research, to do your own inner looking, but it's also just listening. Like, I can't tell you how it was so impactful for one of the programs that I worked at. I was sent there to work with the troubled group and there's no such thing as troubled kids. You know, there's kids that just don't know things. And that's really it. You got to teach them. And it was, it was a group that we changed into, you know, we broke up all their social groups so they couldn't hang out with each other. So they were with new people, different, different friends, you could say is how I put it. You know, you're just with different friends right now. And there was three tables and it was shaped in like a U. So I pitched it as like, you know, this is, this is a time where we can really share and grow, gave them the opportunity to name it. They called it U time. 
But the most important thing that I taught him, I gave him two important lessons behind the exercise. We're going to ask you a question and I want you to listen. I want you to really listen to the other person. Don't say anything. Don't think about anything. Just listen to their words like you're listening to music. And then when you're doing that, it just completely changed the way of the group. And the second rule was be you. You don't have to have a right answer. There's no such thing as a right or wrong answer here. This is all expression. This is you expressing yourself. So it was always questions kind of pushing their mind on like different societal things, giving them different facts, how they feel about it, and then giving them the fun ones. Like if you want to be a superhero, what would it be? And what would you defend? You know, and just being able to see the kids break down their social peer groups, listening to each other, and actually being able to like share individually without any type of interruption, without people laughing and jeering at them, it changed the entire group. They were the most harmonious group. We had like one of the worst kids, quote unquote, teachers warned me about him, you know, to the point where he got an award at the end of the year for being like a resound student. And it's like, all it takes is a few conversations and the space for them to really like grow and develop and they'll come into their own. And like, that's the stuff to be where I'm like, I'm very excited. Like, you know, that you're passing on again. Like I've said it, I think twice, this is thrice now you're passing on that torch of wisdom. And for any parent, for any, you know, expecting parent, for any father, especially as, you know, as like growing, like raising a young man or, you know, even raising a daughter, you know, like raising children in general, what would be your advice to parents out there to really wow. bring that message of, you know, like you said, like, how can I, how can I love better? Like, what's your parent teaching in that? You know, um, gosh, there's so many, you know, <laughs> just so I, feel, I feel like you have a, I feel like you have a big list of things you just there's so many, yeah, man. There's just so many cool nuggets of uh, of wisdom that I picked up along the way, and one was was from my mom. I'll totally give her the credit for it. You know, my mom uh, taught me very early with my with my kids. Said, just never get upset with a child for making age appropriate mistakes, because like, right? We get mad because the kid breaks the lamp, or because the kid throws a ball in the house, or because, but. Is it something, was he, was he 17 and he, you know, <laughs> threw a ball in the house or is he five? And, you know, so it's like, if the, mm. if the mistake is age appropriate and shoot, even 17. <laughs> right. You never know. <laughs> but, you know, um, if the, if the mistake is age appropriate, you should never really even be upset. You really just have to teach and equip them to make mm. better choices. And then you have to get, and then giving real life consequences that suit um that suit what your children do okay so i don't hit my kids i just don't i'm just i mean like i get okay everybody listen again i'm giving the disclaimer this is cola's take it doesn't have to be yours and i'm not trying to to come up in your living room and tell you what to do with yours but here's the thing um the logic in hitting, I was hit when I was younger. The logic in hitting says, I'm bigger than you, I'm more powerful than you, and I have authority. So if I hit you, then you will do what it is, you will bend to my will and do what it is that I ask you to do. And that's, for me, it's, a, it's almost like a slavery mentality. It's kind of like, you know, we were in a position where we were whipped and beaten nice. into doing what we wanted to do. We didn't do it out of love. We didn't do it out of commitment. We didn't do it because we were in agreement and walking in the same direction. We did it out of fear of being struck or fear of being, you know, tortured yeah. or killed or yeah. whatever the fear that we were threatened with, you know. And so um, the same mentality goes for when you say, I'm going to force a child. In. I want my children to operate out of love and not out of fear. So, um, I teach them that, hey, listen, life has consequences, right? If I go speeding down the street, son, the police officer, and I, I, then I went, oh, never mind, that's a bad example. I'll tell my son this. I said, the police officer is, is not going to get me out of the car and start smacking me upside the head with his baton. I said, wait a minute, that's a bad example. And I was joking, you know, but I said, you know, but if I speed down the street, the officer is going to pull me over. He's going to write me a ticket. He's going to say, on the back of this ticket is where you can handle that. Now, I can be upset and I can, well, I can complain or whatever, but the bottom line is there is a consequence for my actions. And so yeah. I teach my kids real life consequences to their actions. If you break my lamp, I'm not going come to coming to break you. No, instead you will break your back working to pay for that lamp. That's how we <laughs> roll because 
What does he learn if I hit him and then I go buy myself another lamp? No, thank you. You will buy right. that lamp. And if that means that we've got to sell something important of yours because you don't have the money for it and you ain't, and ain't earned it fast enough and you want to keep playing games when I'm like, hey, listen, you need to go out and cut grass or you're going to do this and do this and do this, these extra chores to earn that money. And if you haven't done that with this amount of time, then guess what? Oh, okay. I always have that Xbox to sell so I can sell that. That's no problem. <laughs> and we can. So you use real life consequences. That's the way yeah. it happens with us, right? If we don't, we don't pay for our tabs on our car um, and the car gets impounded and whatever, we're going to have to pay fees. We're going to have to whatever. If we don't want to pay the yeah. fees, we want to act a fool we don't pay them soon enough then there's more consequences and more they pile on and so that's what i teach my kids man is, is real life consequences i don't need to hit my my, my son's 15 the one that was in the letters video now he's 15 it's oh, like wow. man that, that that ain't even a that's not even a a, a whooping man that's an assault <laughs> that's a fight, you know? it's like man, shit, i'm not gonna me and you ain't gonna sit up here and square up and i'm not gonna hit you and this ain't this ain't that kind of party and i didn't hit him when they were younger man i just talked to him because he spoke he speaks english so fine we <laughs> I, I can understand you you can understand me but i would say with parents assert you know assert authority early speak to them in plain english Tell them yeah. what is that you what, that you want. Tell them what the, the requirements are. Because part of it is as parents is that we sometimes children don't know what's expected of them. Communicate your expectations, right? How are they supposed to figure it out on their own of what's right, what's wrong, and what you want when you ain't even got to figure it out, right? Right. So communicate Bad. our expectations clearly. Love them at the age that they're at. Expect them to make age-appropriate mistakes. Um, if you if you can avoid it. Don't yell at them and don't hit them. Talk to them. Talk yeah. to them. Sit on and have normal conversation with them. The more out of control and emotional you seem, the less they're likely to follow your leadership. Are yeah. you going to follow me, man? If I'm like, follow me! Ah! Right? <laughs> if I'm all out of control and I don't have control myself, how am I supposed to lead a group mm. of us? How am I supposed to lead my family if I'm not even leading myself right? You know? So... We have to, as we have to, as parents, man, establish good leadership. You know, play our position very well and help them to grow. And then the the and the thing that we've been talking about this whole time, man, is the most important thing that we can teach our children is who they are and why they exist, man. I mean, if right. we can get them to go to do that self-discovery, man, and we can do that, that's better than all the math and algebra and matters even that we can teach them, right? I mean, if we teach yeah. them that, that part of their purpose is loving other people the best that they can, they will automatically have manners and kindness and like generosity that. and gentleness. Those things kind of like come with being good, decent human beings who are trying to love others better. So yeah. my son, man, you know, he walks around with his little ear pods in. He's a teenager, hip hopping, bebopping around, and he does his little thing. But I tell you what, we walk into a restaurant and there's a family coming. My son's going to grab that door and he's going to hold it. And, you know, he's going to make sure that that family walks in and they say, oh, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. And he's going to speak and he's going to treat people with respect because these things have been exemplified to him. And I guarantee yeah. you when my son gets, gets older and he's dating or he's whatever, that if a girl upsets him or they're arguing or whatever the case is, I guarantee you he's not going to hit her because yeah. he's going to say, you don't hit people to get them to do what you want. Either we can <laughs> agree and whatever, or I'm, I'll go my way and you go yours. And we just, you know, we can, we can deuces. Right. So my son understands that oh, people man, speak man. English and you don't have to go and hit them when they don't do what you're supposed to do because he wasn't taught that I got hit when I didn't do what yeah. people wanted me to do. So I'm mm. bigger and stronger. So since I'm the stronger one, I get to tell everybody what to do. That's, that's not the way the world works. So then our kids grow up with this twisted mentality when we've been whooping them and beating them and yelling at them and cursing at them and doing all this kind of stuff. And the real world doesn't operate that way, but then they want to go out and assert themselves in that way. And that's where we run into a little bit of trouble. Right. Yo, it's, I mean, you're teaching the basic laws of cause and effect. And I think that's something that's so pivotal nowadays because again, like I think a lot of us were raised in like that, you know, or, you know, cause my eldest brother, he's 44. So it's like, I had those old school parents where it was, you know, judge dread, judge, jury, executioner. And it's called the authoritarian, you know, and that's the thing where I've seen the jump between the generations that everyone's kind of gone to like this coddling and enabling and helicopter parenting and essentially yeah. 
from super tight and constrictive parenting to just absolute freedom and it's and you're your friend and you're not their parent and it's like your children learn how to people from you like they're they're watching you they're listening to you they're seeing what you do and that's one of the reasons why i feel like you know it was loosely said earlier but it's like you know things get kind of bratty like we live in a very bratty culture and society and a lot of it's because of that parenting method. It's like we've gone from one extreme to the other Bats. rather than understanding that it's like, yo, it's a two-way street. And Bats. see, this is where I like to try to always kind of, you know, bring some insight for the listeners. It's like, you know, as a as a mixed person, you know, like dad, Southern Baptist, black, Mississippi, a little bit of native. My mom, European, Jewish, a lot of native. And for me, I think the one thing in my inner exploration of kind of like going into that inner search at a young age of like, well... I'm not that, I'm not that. Well, I guess I'm me. What does that even mean? You know, going into those things and, you know, having different racist experiences from different groups. It was one of those things where it set me on a trajectory early on. And I really almost saw it as like a rite of passage. And I find that that's one of the things that we really miss in our society is that like, we don't have a rite of passage for our youth. We don't have a point where it's like, we give them the time to really like marinate and do some soul searching and be like, all right, go have fun. This is how you do things by yourself, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons yep. why our society right now is just so that individualistic me, 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 that it's like, you don't realize it's like everyone has to go through these struggles. You're not alone in this journey, but when you forget that and recognize we're all of source. Yeah. yeah. You have no deeper meaning, no deeper understanding. There's a soft landing place between the two extremes, right? I mean, you know, you don't, yeah. we don't have to give them just completely reins, reinless and freedom and just no sort of guidance or structure, but then yet we don't have to be authoritarian and, and set, you know, the, the limitations and say you can't even have any, you know, you can't go outside of these, these lanes or else, you know. And so I, I think that there's a soft landing spot where we give freedom, but yet we give some structure. We give, you know, right. we empower them, but yet we also restrain and we don't allow, you know, too many things. And, you know, so, you know, because I see, um, right, protection. I, I see, you know, um, I see seven-year-olds with smartphones, you know, and a smartphone is as much responsibility as a car. I mean, you know, when you think about it, you can go up on a smartphone and you can research how to build a bomb. You can look up porn. You can yeah. get look up anything in any volume of encyclopedia that you can look you, you can search out billions and billions of different web pages and things that are out there that you know that that are completely you know unfiltered you can put all the little restrictions on but there's ways around that stuff and kids are smart so right. you know i feel that we have to um be be protective to a degree but we have to you know there has to be that balance it doesn't mean you're overprotective but it also doesn't mean that you completely take your eyes off of what's going on you know there's just a balance man it's a it's a delicate balancing act, but um, I think that ideally, you know, we have to equip them and prepare them for what they are going to face in real life. And that's why I so much yeah. real life consequences and, you know, real life scenarios and real life situations. And I think it's dope when you give kids allowance, but I also think it's dope, like when what kids these days, like you said, right, they're so coddled. I mean, most kids these days have never saved up for a bike, like saved right. up for something right that they wanted and had to work towards something most of them is kind of like oh your birthday here you go you know and oh christmas here you go and doesn't matter what the grades are doesn't matter what anything is you know Ooh, like that's a good one. my son like has to like you know he th- there's there's a reward for his report cards and there's there's amounts that he gets for each a and each b and you don't get nothing for c's and it's money docked if you get anything lower than a c and seriously you know i mean it's so it's, no um, it's i love it you know and he's an AMB student, so that we've been fortunate there. But my point then is that, you know, um, that's, I'm like, yo, bro, school is your job. <laughs> so you go to work, handle your business, take care of business, and life will reward you just like we reward you. So you do well in school, we reward you. You don't perform and you don't do what you're supposed to do, well, then guess what? You're just not going to get the reward. That's the, the consequence. Like you said, the cause and effect. And so I think that that's Really, uh, if there's anything I would ingrain into any of the parents that are listening is, is about, man, cause and effect. I think you said that so eloquently, bro, that everything in life, there's a cause and there's an effect. And mm-hmm. if, they, if parents can, can really see that whole, you know, action slash consequence or cause slash effect, they will, they'll be light years ahead of the game if they really mm-hmm. use real life examples on how they deal with their children when they're in this. The earlier you establish that, the better. Yeah. Really, though, really, though, and it's again, it comes back to that point where, 
you know, if you're going to be, you know, raising children around children, you know, even just in society, it's like just recognizing that everyone has that story and journey. Like you don't know what they know. They don't know what you know. It's not a judgment. There's no expectations. It's just how do you bring it back to you yourself on your quote? How do I love better? How do you love that person better? And a lot of it's just not listening to the assumptions and seeking out that understanding. And I find that's one of the most difficult things nowadays is because there's a lot of people that live in their assumptions and their expectations yeah. Yeah. and it creates nothing but judgments and suffering because they're always getting yeah. let down. They're always getting hurt. They're not seeing things for what they really are. And it's like, I guess I'm, I always try to find like, how do we impact and help heal a society? So they eliminate that. And I just really haven't found an answer yet that I'm satisfied with. So I'm curious, what was your, what's your take on that? Like how, how do we help with assumptions and expectations? No, that's dope. And that's something important that we have to teach our, our children too, is about diversity, but then also about the fact that there are people in the world that don't, like you just said a moment ago, gosh, you're putting, you're just like literally putting all my points together, making it so easy to tie it together because it's like, you just alluded to it earlier. We're all different and we all have different experiences. And so um, not everybody was raised in, in a, in a, in a accepting home that accepted diversity, right? I mean, there's people who are raised in homes and they were raised by racist people and they might, they might view you differently. And, and so we have to equip our children for what they might encounter that the world is full yeah. of, of, of gumdrops and lollipops, but there are some tough things that you might have to deal with in life and having them equipped and ready to handle that. And how do they handle it? If, if all of a sudden, you know, you're going through life and you're trying to love better, and someone runs up on you and calls you the N-word, or you're trying to love people better, and someone runs up and says something or does something to you that's very offensive yeah. or very hurtful, you know, or you run into, you know, somebody. So so I think that there's that there's a, a slew of things that we have to kind of kind of look at. And, you know, the bottom line is that it's like building a house or anything else, right? If me and you run over to Lowe's and grab a bunch of boards and nails and, you know, and, and stuff and supplies and paint. And we just start trying to build a house, man. I, I listen, bro, <laughs> I, even though I built it, I ain't living in it. Right. If the house <laughs> isn't built without a blueprint and without a plan and you don't really take your time to organize and put it together and, and, and execute the plan, man, I, I, I'm not. So how much more important are, are our children? Right. There should be a plan. There should be a blueprint. There should be a way that you're trying to do this. And yeah, all plans can change. Blueprints can change. You can be like, man, we're putting this house together. We decided we want to put a sauna on it. Or my son decides he wants to, you know, do uh, gymnastics or whatever it is or soccer. Well, yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. it's changes to the blueprint. You might be like, okay, this is what the, uh, raising a child is going to look like. And then you start going, but then you all of a sudden see the need is different. The need is different. Man, blueprints can change, but the bottom line is, is actually have a plan for succeeding as a parent because like i said they're more important in the house and we make sure we have a blueprint for a house right so planning for our kids man and i think that's something too where you know in terms of like the planning i think this comes into the you know a lot of what we're tying we're tying all these concepts together and the way i really see it too that makes everything is it's almost the glue to it all is that you know you have giving your child or, you know, giving your community, giving your friends, giving your family those tools to really express themselves, you know, tap into that creative energy to really make conscientious decisions, to, to be curious and inquisitive, to experience life openly and lovingly. But most importantly, you know, and it's been the saving grace that I've found with people during this lockdown, you either have some creative expression or you have a spiritual connection. Yeah. Most often when you have one, you have the other naturally, nice. but nice. that's the one thing that I feel like it's so lacking. And there's such a stigma because of like the corruption from organized religions, but it's like, there's nothing more important than our human experience than yeah. tapping into the understanding that it's like, yo, like you're created, like you were, you were given this life and you know, and it's, yeah. and it is the most high, it is source. It is God. Like I call God source. Everyone has their own words and understanding as it is. Cause it's like, it's that primordial energy. And the way I like to express it is, you know, the one couldn't understand or experience itself without some understanding of other. So we're each that little cell of the whole. And that's when you really tap into that divine that like, you know, it's, I teach it as, you know, it's, you understand the meaning of like namaste, like bowing to the divine within you. Like that's what that saying is always meant to say is like, Hey, we're each, we're each cells of the one of the most high, you know, and like Jesus, you know, when we really tap into ourselves, we understand that the kingdom of heaven is within. 
And it's that unfolding and really kind of awakening to the fact that it's like, yo, we're each, you know, celestial brothers and sisters out here, you know, we're each children of God. And when we don't understand that, I mean, we're living in the world where we don't understand that, you know, you see the pockets and inspirations from different people and groups, but like for the most part, people don't have that connection to their true parents, to their true home, to their true creator. And I, there's, to me, it's actually, it's a very sad thing that I find is actually giving me more compassion for people that don't get this stuff because it's like, wow, I remember what it was like to be so lost and to feel so alone. But yeah. you know, when you really tap into it, you, you always see that same twinkle behind every eye. And yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm just like, I'm so happy to like actually get a chance to really talk with you in depth about this stuff because you know, you're raising to me as I see it as like that family unit in a way that is like almost a model for the future where you're, you're incorporating the spirit, you're incorporating, you know, the creative expression, the matter, the discipline, the freedom, the expression. And like, especially as like a black man in America, like there's nothing more inspirational I feel for people than to hear this type of talk. So thank you, yo. Like, thank you for dropping the knowledge. Are you kidding me, man? This is, this is just dope, man. And I, and I think, you know, one last thing I wanted to build on that point that oh, yeah, you're making going. in terms of, you know, seeing each other, man, as um, as as spiritual beings, man, the, the 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 creativity, I think it's birth from our spirit. Right. Like like you can't like it's something you can't sense. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. You can't feel it. You can't see it. They can't cut your brain and, and open and look inside and see your creativity and your, you know, whatever. Like I always tell my son, I'll be like, all right, man. So um, I want you to picture, you know, the inside of our car, or I want you to picture the inside of your room, or I want you to picture your bike. Right. And he can, I say, all right, you, you got it in your mind. Okay. What color is it? You know, oh yeah, it's blue. And oh, oh okay. And what, how many tires is it? Oh, it has two tires on it. And then you have, what, what, what are some other parts? Oh, handlebars and my seat and whatever. Okay. So in other words, you can draw this real vivid picture in your mind, but yet I could open up your head and look and we would not see your bike in there anywhere. So how does that happen? We're, so we're, we're going diving deep into this discussion. You know? And so we're having this cool discovery moment or whatever, you know, where he's going, yeah, there is something in, inside of me that is different. It's not physical. It's not matter. Like, right, if, if, if you yeah. suffocate me, right, and you take all the air out of my body and I stop breathing, my heart stops beating, you can't come along and, you know, plug me into a wall or something, man, and make the, and I pop back and then all of a sudden this spirit is back again. You know, you know what I mean? That when the spirit leaves the body, the spirit's gone, right? And so, you know, so there's this spiritual experience, like you said, that we're, we're, um, we are not physical beings having a spiritual being, physical experience. We are spiritual beings having this physical, you know, earthly experience. And I think too, there's also there, uh, just like there are, you know, forces of good. And I think that we're created in God's image. And that means spiritually, right? That we're like these wonderful, awesome love beings. I think yeah. there's also forces that are darker forces that are working against it too right where it's yeah. like you know people just don't think that there's no enemy or no devil or no whatever the case is but that's the the biggest uh the biggest uh move that he can pull on us is to, is to make people think that he doesn't exist so that it's easier to just catch people up and so but there that that would explain a lot of all this evil in the world well something told me i needed to go hate that person so ah man i just right. felt i had to go get revenge on him or oh i had to go tell that person this or say that or post that or say this hardcore <laughs> less nasty evil thing to this person or whatever and so you know the bottom line is though i think that more people are having this awakening it's happening through conversations like you and i are having yeah. this awakening this spiritual awakening is happening there's more connectedness more spirituality and like when i saw like after the aftermath of george floyd when you saw like 50 countries with I can't breathe and Black Lives Matter and whatever yeah. like that. I said, people yeah, are yeah. waking up. There's, there, there was something that just connected mm. to people when they saw a man suffer, die and lose his life, his life literally just drained right in front of them. There was yeah. a connectedness that we, all, that well, that I'll say many of us felt toward that where we went, my God, that was a yeah. life we watched mm. taken right before our eyes. And so something, humanistic and and, and 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 there was just something that connected yeah. all of the like 90 percent of the world right and so what's happening is that this evil and these these people that are on this other side these racists these other people that are this way they're becoming yeah. this shrinking minority whereas this awakening is happening and it's becoming a majority 
Sorry, man, my phone just kind of oh, rang. Okay. My text is going at the same time. No, so, it's all good. Yeah, man, so I, that's, that's what I feel, man, is that, is that, um, that there's a connectedness that, that, and an awakening that's happening, yeah. man, that is beginning to grow. And the evil and the hate and the other things are beginning to shrink and they're on the run. And I think that's something that's so fascinating for people that disregard a lot of that stuff. Because, like, my own spiritual journey was really, you know, I got to choose. My parents, you know, they gave me, like, the experience of going to, you know, Southern Baptist Church, you know, experiencing, like, Judaism and, you know, and, like, just talking about other religions and stuff. And I was never about, like, the big communities because where I was at, it was just I saw a lot of corruption and I saw a lot of lying and a lot of just things that I was like, that doesn't resonate with my heart. So I had my own search read my own things, looked into my own teachers and teachings. And when I started to recognize and awaken to that light within, you know, that divine source. And when I started to actually experience like, oh, wow, the oneness, the love, this is, we are all one. What the, you know, this is when you have the, the egoic identity drop away and you're left with everything. You're like, Ooh, this is interesting. Yeah. It right. got me at that point where I was just like, well, if all the good and the light that I read about was, is real what does that really mean about the dark and the evil? And I think that's something that's so fascinating is like, yeah, folks, there are indeed, you know, those forces of good and evil out there because you can't have, um, you can't have shadows without light, yeah. you know? And it's that that's, same thing where it's, there's no understanding of a shadow without the light. And yeah. I think one of the things to look into for people is to really question that shadow within themselves to really like, cause I like to see it as, you know, um, I can't remember the exact line of it, but it was this one YouTube channel I watched because he does interviews with homeless people. And it was this guy who was a heroin addict. And he was like, you know, I got to this point where, you know, like when you cross the devil's line, the doorway is open and it gets easier every time to cross through that threshold. And something like that hit me so hard because it reminded me of like the paths of least resistance we have for ourselves. And it tied, and I like to see this because it ties in perfectly with your like, how do I love better? Because for people to love and be open and vulnerable and to accept, is oftentimes not their path of least resistance. Facts. It's it's always such a challenge or like, oh, I have to forgive them. I have to let them go. But, you know, you're just sucking and drinking poison when you're really resenting someone, when you're hating on someone. And like, I feel like any type of big takeaway from this conversation and this spiritual light is to really understand that like each of us has that light and dark within us. But that's not what needs to lead our life in terms of the dark. Like the, I feel like the dark is always just that kind of, antagonist like the ego it's the yeah. it's the villain in the movie you can't have a great yeah. hero wearing the rock and the captain america shirt like you can't have a great villain you can't have a great hero or a great movie in general without a really good villain like they yeah. go hand in hand in the hero and the villain and that's one of the reasons why like the dark knight with the joker and batman with like heath ledger's was so good it's because like oh my gosh that's yeah like it's one of those so where in ourselves like if we don't push back against like those easy expressions you know, those yelling, getting mad, you know, raging out all these things are getting really depressive and negative and fearful. Like if we don't yeah. fight that, we're not being loving towards ourselves and we're never That's, really tap into oh. that true source, man. Like I'm loving it. Yo, I'm loving this conversation. Cause like for me, this is my, this is my, like my favorite type of topic is like the good and evil, the light and the dark, the, the spirit within us that really is the manifestation of everything around. Like people just aren't ready for it yet, but they're getting there. <laughs> brother it's it's you're right man it's an awakening that's happening right now man and we can feel it and like i said and it's not necessarily that it takes you know somebody standing on a hill telling the whole world it's literally just conversations like we're having man and it's just this has been beautiful bro i i mean i i literally feel like we're like like a million times closer like we're like these cool kindred spirits like i feel a million times closer to the, to you in an hour or whatever we've been talking than I did, you know, before. I mean, I knew you were a cool dude and whatever the case is, but now it's like, man, I feel this really kind of kinship and closeness to you, man. And we've just been building, man. It's been beautiful, bro. I'm gonna pop in. Let's get it. We are all on a path of self-discovery. And although the situations may vary, it is an experiential journey in which we all relate to the emotion of how it feels for the human spirit to transcend the human condition. That's what we, that's our, yes. what I would say, our base Fire. of relatedness. That yep. it doesn't matter what our age, mm. gender, race, culture, educational background, whatever it is, we all 
have that same innate desire to transcend this humanness. Like you were saying, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And it's really hard to remember (laughs) every moment as we're experiencing this human condition that, oh, yeah, I can transcend this. Right. Now, the only transcending power that I know that is capable of transcending the human condition is love. Well, it comes back to that point, too, where it's like the authenticity and the motives of you know, like musical creation, because kind of bring it back how we started to agree, you could say come in full circle with it, where it's like, you know, like your project coming out, you know, it's going to be bringing back that true sincerity or genuineness, you know, in your own expression of music and really transforming again, like and giving people that opportunity to experience what I guess you would almost say like a heartfelt creative mind can put together in a project. So why don't you, what's the project dropping? October 16th, man. That is the date, bro. So wow. really excited, man. So we're less than absolutely. a month away. Yeah, man. Very, very close. So uh, let's talk about a little bit about the preparation of that, if, if we can. How long have you been working on this project? Um. Really, the majority of it I've done during COVID, man. Okay, <laughs> love it. Quarantine has just really given me time, man. And, 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 mm. and I honestly think it's been a blessing in disguise in terms of it just really, I've, I've hit that reset button and I've, and I've really, and this is where a lot of this creativity has been birthed from, man. It's been an amazing journey. And I've been really, really just creative and really feeling, you know, um, this, this just getting back in touch with that genuine authenticity, that passion, that hunger, that drive, all those things that, you know, uh, really bring the best out of me, man. Whew. I have to know, because my mind goes to like a thousand different places. I guess we could say presently past the future. Where did you come up with the name of that? <laughs> well, man, I mean, I that's a part of what we were you know, kind of dialoguing about with the hip hop, man. And that is, is that, man, the past, you know, you can't ignore the lessons and the blessings from the past, right? There's just so much richness and heritage in the past. And that's, man, hip hop is a huge example of that, man. There's so much just culture and richness and, you know, it's the foundation of what we, you know, know of in the present. And the present obviously is where we are, man. It's, 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 you know, what we, you know, we have now, right? We don't have yesterday and we don't necessarily, we ain't promised tomorrow. So we have now, and this is where we can act. This is where we can grow. This is where we can, can make moves. And this is where we can love more and do more. And, you know, but then the future is what we have to look forward to. It's the hope, right? It's the, the hope is the fuel that is what, is what mm-hmm. makes the present so amazing is that fuel towards the future going, man, I'm grinding now because there's something in the future that I'm moving towards. And for me, that, that grind and that reward at the end, that carrot that's in front of me is the love, man, of the youth and the love of the people and the love of the culture and the love of the music. So I get to take these gifts mm. and, and, and hopefully transform into this really amazing, cool, you know, being right now that is chasing this carrot of a reward in the future to share that love and spread that love with everyone, man. Ooh. A yeah, love consequence. That's a positive consequence. Positive <laughs> you do this action, this consecutive series of sequences will happen. Oh, yo, I love that. Consequential. It's it's amazing. Yeah. That presently passive future is a consequence of a series of actions that happened during this whole really cool journey during this time of uh, of quarantine and all that, man. So that you're absolutely right, Rusty. Yeah. I love that. I think we were talking last week about quarantine babies. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> about right. how many? Like, there might be a, a spike in population nine the months second right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see it as uh, even music uh, projects. You know, we, this live right. stream is my project. Right. This is my baby. Like this baby was birthed during the quarantine process. Wow. You know? And wow. so, so even though it's not technically a child per se, it's still life. 
It is. Yeah. Come on, man. It is. I create a baby. <laughs> it's a it's a growing, living thing, man. It's nothing without the spirit and the life of everyone that's listening, of us that are on here, you know, dialoguing. It's it's just life and it's creativity, yeah. all that, man. So it's a living thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Congratulations love it. for hunkering down and getting to it. I bet it feels really good once it's off your off off your hard drive and into the world, into the Ethernet. No doubt, man. That is the that is the payoff, man. When people are just like, "Yo, man, I was into that," or "Oh, man, that was cool," or "That resonated with me." That's the that's the beauty of it, man. And you know, and I and I do it a little bit less for the the things that I used to do it for. The the goals aren't selfish. I'm not thinking about, like I said, how much money I can make or how much this and that and the other. Finances are important. Yes, we walk. We all want to do things and we want to be able to empower ourselves and pay our bills and all those things. We have to live in this world, and that's part of the the, the journey. But. I just love what I get to add to people. I'm just in this, this, I don't know, a legacy phase of my life, man, where I just want to add value and add to people, man. And yeah. all that's all the other things will be added unto, man, when you put the, the focus on loving people better and, and treating people well and adding value to people, the value gets added to you. It's just, the you know, it's like when you plant a seed, man, you know, if I plant a, 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 a I, we planted little bean, bean plants when we were in science class and when you stick that thing in the soil and you water it and you you know it, man the bean sprouts up and you know it, it's, it's dope man and that's that's you know we keep planting these good seeds man and and, and and putting it out there in that fertile soil man and we're gonna get a harvest man it's gonna happen yeah pretty soon you have a garden then you have a farm thanks thanks <laughs> that creative farm you know feed the people yeah, we yeah. need it yes sir have a happy always Peace. And that concludes this episode of Creatives Chat. Thank you for watching. Join us every Thursday at 3.33 p.m. Pacific Daily Time as creative minds get together and chat about who knows what. View more episodes on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks again to our sponsors for making this show possible.